I don't do weakness. We're not kittens. Nobody's weak. Start to recognise how you show up in the eyes of others. Get ready to be thoroughly entertained, hilariously challenged and profoundly inspired. Jack Phillips and Gabriel Dolan are here to make you laugh, challenge your thinking and ignite that spark of inspiration within you. Because it's real. They're not just your average podcast hosts. They're like the superheroes of real-life experiences and witty insights. They've got more stories than a library, more wisdom than a fortune cookie factory, providing awesome intel on the secrets to professional and personal success. They are so real and authentic. They put this voiceover to shame. Strap yourself in for Keeping It Real with Jack and Rob. Welcome back to Keeping It Real with Jack and Rao. And you are with the amazing Jack Phillips. And the even more amazing, maybe not more, even amazinger, even maybe not, Gabriel Dolan. Oh, yes, oh yes. So we're both amazing, so all good. And humble. We have got a very exciting podcast today, something that's it's a crowd both, pleaser. It is a crowd pleaser, something we get asked a lot, a lot about. But before we get to that, we've got Questions. It's Thank mail you. time. Thank you. Mail time. I like mail yeah, time. Mail bag time. Mail bag. I don't know. I don't know. We didn't discuss what we're going to call it. <laughs> True. We got questions. Is what we're going to do. Um. Thank you for. Mm. We've got two really good questions that have come in. So just a reminder: if you've got a question you want to ask us, just ask away, and we will answer it. We will do our very best to answer it. And the one, this one is a really, really good one. This came in from Sam. And they asked, what do you do if you worked with a perfectionist? So this, I think, was coming mm. from our last episode on, perf- you know, all about you being a perfectionist. Mm. But what if you work for mm. someone? Jack, I reckon you would know how to answer this. Dealing with this a bit in my coaching at the moment, uh, Raul, and that's, it is, it's a tough one because not everyone will admit or even know or recognise that they are a perfectionist. So if you are working for a perfectionist, uh, and you've recognised they've got certain traits that are you're finding it difficult to, to, to work under or work for, then the best way to go about it is to have a respectful but direct conversation, one-on-one, never, ever publicly. And you can approach it by saying, I need to understand the expectations from you on this particular task or initiative. And once you understand the, in- the expectations, repeat that back so we're all aligned. Start there. If you return and it's not right, if you return with the um, initiative or the task done and they say, oh, I wanted this, you can then say, when we spoke about this, it was clear that this is what we want and we both agreed on that. If there's something more you want, it would be helpful if you told me. But could it be that what I've done is good enough it's just you would have preferred a bit more and maybe there's a way that we can talk about that going forward. So it's about it, a... It's res- a pretty tough conversation to have, though, Very if you're tough. doing with your boss. Very tough. Mm. But it's respectful. So mm. you you say that. I, I, I want to make sure I'm understanding you so I can deliver for you. Yeah. I mean, that's a good conversation mm. to have with your boss. Could you also, a part of that conversation to say... Um, just letting you know what you've asked for is going to take significantly longer. You know, it's going to take four hours. Do you still want me to do it? Sure. That's a great, great way of doing mm. it. Um, something as a leader I always encourage people I'm coaching is to say, ask, is there any barriers mm. to you getting this done? 
so that whoever's getting it done can say, well, I'm a bit worried it might take me longer or – but that is a good one. So put yep. the time frame around yep. it. Okay. But the, the key here is, is be respectful, point it out, uh, have that honest one-to-one conversation but make sure it's respectful. You don't have to say, I think you're a perfectionist. That might not get you off on the right foot. Uh, but what you might do is infer that what they're expecting and what you're expecting are two different things. It's a misalignment of expectation. Okay, good. So not an easy fix and, and it, that's a that's a pretty tough situation to be in yeah. but there's ways to do it. So second question. Yeah. Yeah, this was a non anonymous, an anonymous, anonymous one, one, and I've forgotten what that question was. Oh, Jack, well, luckily I have the most organised one. This came from, I think it came from one of our original episodes when we, well, we were talking about just doing it. Mm. What about if you've got an idea? And you speak to someone because that's the advice we gave oh, to people, right. like speak to someone. What if that person says, no, don't do it? Mm. So it talks you out of it yeah. or suggests you shouldn't. Yeah. Do you have an answer for this? Well, again, tough. I would, if I really, really wanted to do it, I would um, I'd probably speak to someone else. Yeah. You know, often we're waiting for the answer. But I would genuinely... I would be going, why? Why do you think? And there might be some valid reason. It's True. There might be really valid reasons that you haven't thought about it. So maybe it's a timing issue. So it's not quite right. I would also look at um, their intention behind mm. it. Because you, you could imagine, I mean, you could imagine like, you know, some people when I go, well, who's your sponsor or mentor? It's their manager. Mm. And I was like, you know, your manager might be a great manager, but if you leave, that's not good for them. And I'm not saying they want to keep you. So it's almost like what? why why would that person be saying something and or do they come from a place of fear? Yeah. So I would be looking at who you're seeking advice from. I think that's a very, very valid point. Uh, and perhaps ask more than one person if you're not sure. Usually our gut, our intuition is spot on, yeah? Mm. So if you've got a bit of a feeling or an inkling that what they're telling you isn't actually right, then definitely test that. Go yep. and ask others uh, and ag- agree. Identify exactly what role they play in yeah. your life. Yeah. Maybe ask three people and then if two are saying don't or three are saying don't, then maybe sure, don't. Sure, sure. What was Henry Ford's uh, great line? You know, if I'd asked people what to do, they would have said build a faster horse. Yeah. So when it comes to business and entrepreneurship, sometimes you have to fly solo. So back yourself Absolutely. irrespective of what people say. Yeah, yeah, who you are, who you seek feedback. I know a lot of, um, you know, talk about the practice. A lot of people give me business advice, mm-hmm. and I just go, I don't run a business, I run a practice because oh. it's, you know, well, well intentioned bad advice. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that that's a good, good, good couple of questions couple to kick of questions. us off. And yeah, if you got any more, send them in. So today's topic, very, very excited. Can I announce it? You can announce it. Today we are talking about personal brand. Own it, baby. Yeah, own your personal brand. Love personal brand. Yeah. There's a few people out there that say personal brand's wanky. Who wants a personal brand? Who needs a personal brand? Everyone's got a personal I brand. I totally agree. I think it's really critical who you want to be known. Yeah. I um I run a couple of workshops on personal brand and I'll often go who who, who who's got a who's got a brand? Who's got a brand? And you hear, you know, like Oprah or you know, mm. you know Donald Trump or like mm. but famous people and it's like everyone's got a brand. Everybody's got a brand. Everyone's got a brand. My favorite quote about brand, if you look up what brand is, you get lots of quotes. 
One of my favourite quotes comes from um, Steve, uh, what's his name? No, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, right. And it's about uh, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the Mm. room. I I do a little bit, I stole that a bit and tweaked it to say your brand are the stories people tell about you Mm. when you're not in the room because I think ultimately – People tell stories mm. about, like, if someone said, oh, what's mm. Jack like? Good point. I would probably share stories on that. And so your brain's important, right? Brain's like, what? critical. Like, Absolutely and critical. It's, I, there's, there's nothing more important. And I think personal brand is only wanky if you're not being authentic. Yeah, yeah. true. But if you think about it, if your brand, based on your brand, people will employ you. Correct. They will promote you. Correct. They will buy from you. They will refer refer, refer mm. you, recommend you, mm. and that's all on your brand. So, I you know when the stakes are that high, mm. when the stakes are that high, mm. you probably want to be taking it seriously. Question: Of all the work you get, and you get heaps, I know you're inundated. How much of it is referral or recommendation? Oh. I would say 99%. Wow. So, um, and, you know, I've been doing this for a while. So, sure. you know, 19 years now doing it. Sure. So it's a lot of referrals. The amount of people, and I often say, how did you come to me? Mm. And occasionally people go, I did a, I did a Google search and yeah. found you. But mostly, in fact, I got an email the other day and it started with congratulations on being so highly recommended. Wow. And, you know, I spoke and she goes, I literally spoke to three people Testing. about, they, you know, we brand. want storytelling. Do you know of anyone? And you, every single person said you. Mm-hmm. And they said, not only you, but just said, don't even speak to anyone else. I was like, how good that? Thank you. So, yeah, so brand's important. Okay. So... Do you think you need to be strategic with it, yeah? So so does your personal brand just evolve or happen or do you actually have to plan and prepare for it? Yeah, uh, so I think you definitely have to be strategic yeah. with it. So I think a couple of things happen. Your brand your brand does evolve, okay? So naturally your brand evolves. Well, you evolve, so. Yeah, so you evolve. You. So of course your brand evolves. Um, but if you're not strategic about it, it's evolving with with you having any control mm. over it so mm. a really a really great example and i and i wrote about this in one of my books and I, i'm not saying that to be wanky that i wrote a book she's but an author you know it's <laughs> six books you know <laughs> failed english clever. you know but it, it was the book's the important part of it because i when i first started doing storytelling so i left my corporate gig mm. I actually didn't – I don't think I spent a lot of time on brands. So this was 20 years ago. Mm. But what I did know is that I wanted – because storytelling was professional but different. Mm. Like I knew – like storytelling is different and Mm. especially 20 years ago it was was different. But I still wanted to be like this is still professional. So I think by default my brand I took on was professional but Mm. different. And so I took that in the way I dressed. So, for example, I would no longer wear the corporate suit – I would wear like jeans and a blazer. It would still be good. Like it's still professional, but it was different. And then I came across a pair of shoes about Mm -hmm. 10 years ago that were really cool. They were silver. They were flat. I love flat shoes. I hate wearing high heel shoes. And I wore them and they were made from Italian leather, beautiful, you know, Melbourne designer habit plug. Not that I'm getting, you know, do we get endorsements? But anyway. They were professional but different and everyone kept commenting about my shoes. Mm. And with 
really, really quickly the shoes became part of my brand. Mm. So in one of my books, there's the one of I'm on the cover and it's a full length and the, the, even the publisher said your shoes need to be the, in, in the, the thing shot. because it's become part of your brand. So I was aware of that, but mm. it suited my brand. Mm. So I knew I was okay with it because it was professional but different. Mm. About this was a few months before COVID hit. I decided to get those fake nails, you know, the SMS nails. SMS. I think I was, yeah, I don't know. I was going to a wedding or something and I got them on. And I sort of liked them because, you know, when you typed, it made you sound like you were typing really fast. <laughs> anyway, I sort of liked them, but they're a pain in the ass. Like mm. every three weeks, you got to go back to the mm, nail place and you got to get them soaked off and redone. Anyway, so and I and once you stop them, your nails look a bit shaking. ugly, right? So I did it for about I did it like about three times, yeah. and I'm thinking oh, this is this there is a bit this is not me. This is too high maintenance for me. But then COVID hit, so I couldn't go back mm. to get my nails off. And so as a little bit of a joke, I put on my Instagram, you know, photo of my nails going. How long will these last? And then the next week, I go two fell nice. off. So I was taking photos of my nails like as a bit of a joke, how long that would last. Then I noticed people started to send me stuff on fake nails. Mm. And that's when I thought, Jack, I thought, mm. I don't want to be associated with, with fake, fake nails. nails. Like of all, <laughs> the, of all the things, like I'm about real, this is so against my brand. Mm. So I actually deleted every post I had done on it. And I, I remember like thinking at the time, like that's a little bit over the top. Surely no one's not noticing that much. Anyway. This is what the reason I shared the book. I wrote about that in my book, mm. the latest book, Magnetic mm. Stories, and I gave the the copy of the book to a few people for mm. feedback, including mm. yourself. Mm. One of them I gave was was a client of mine, mm. and the feedback, you know, he talked about the book, and he goes, "I must admit, when I was seeing your post about fake nails, I thought to myself, that's so against brand." Wow. So. I wasn't over-exaggerating. People were seeing that and thinking this is against my brand. It was a misalignment of my brand. So you've got to be aware of what your brand is and then make sure everything you do is aligned to that. What I love about that story isn't the fact that you were – and I remember those posts and they were entertaining and during COVID we were all looking for entertainment. So you tick the box there and you are entertaining. That is your brand. (laughs) However, the content of what you were talking about was off-brand. But I love the fact that you course-corrected. Yes. So the point is you recognised, hang on, what am I doing? Mm. Fake nails. I don't want to be known for fake nails. I didn't realise I'd get so much engagement. So course corrected and got rid of it but actually used it as a great opportunity for helping other people. Yeah. Recognise what is your brand? What do you stand for? What are people talking about and engaging with you on or what are they aligning you with? Yeah. I think that's terrific. And so if I wasn't aware of what what my – what, what my brand, brand was, mm. and if I wasn't aware of what I did could affect my mm. brand, I the fake nails would have just gone on and on, and then it's and it's yeah, it's, it's just it's you. not me, it's Same not me. So um, yeah, I think it's a great example of it's a great example. Y- your brand does evolve organically, mm. but you've got to be strategic, and if true. you're not taking control of it, you're running a real risk that your brand is evolving mm. in a direction you don't that's not serving you. 
It's a, it's a great point. One of the tools I use uh, with who I coach uh, is a client questionnaire that mm-hmm. you fill out uh, before we get started. So that gives me some real background on you and gives me a sense of the goals, coaching goals that you want to achieve so that we can uh, be very clear on what we're going to do uh, during our coaching. And one of the questions I ask is what is your personal brand? How do, and do, it, do, can people answer that easily? 80% of people say, I don't know, Jack. I'm hoping you can help me. The 20% that answer it are usually quite clear and it's fabulous to read. Mm. I am somebody who. Uh, I, have, I have been told I am um, and I always think that's a really good sense of, of, of who I'm dealing with. Yeah. But most, 80%, say I don't know. That's not something I've focused on and yet I want to. So what do you do? That's a, yeah. it maybe practical tips. Yeah, so what do you no, do? There's a real process. Yeah, there's a real okay. process I go through. Share. So do share. All right, I'll give you a free coaching session. <laughs> uh, so when it comes to personal brand, it's actually not your opinion of yourself. It's what others observe and experience of you. That's actually the facts. Mm. So you can tell yourself all you like. You can tell yourself I'm the most authentic person in the world even though I wear fake nails or fake eyelashes. Fake eyelashes in your case. Lean into them, love them. But if other people have a different perspective of you, then only then are you aware of what your personal brand is. So we start with feedback. When it comes to my strengths, what are they in your eyes or your experience and can you give me some examples of those? Now, we never, ever go out and ask for just strengths feedback. We also, in the same request, say, and any areas of development. I don't do weakness. We're not kittens. Nobody's weak. Uh, But you will have areas of development, things that you need to get better at or things other people think you need to get better at. So with the strengths, we then focus on what people are saying. And then what I I, I get my client to do is to collate all of the feedbacks on the strengths, put all of that into a document, and then talk to me about those strengths. Read them out to me. And they go, but you can see them. I say, no, read them out. I want to hear you say what other people have said about you. Is that that about getting them to start to own it? Familiarisation, spot on. Start to recognise how you show up in the eyes of others. And sometimes someone will say to me, oh, yeah, but I already already know that. I I know I'm a really good communicator. And I'll say, okay, keep reading. So they read on, read on, and we get to three or four more people. And I say, any themes through this? Yeah. Oh, people have pulled out my organisational skills a lot. Oh, people have said how strategic I am. I sort of knew I was, but, oh, people really think that of me. Yes, that is who you are. You are strategic. You are organised. You're a great storyteller or you're terrific with numbers. You're very, very commercial. Whatever it is, understand what those strengths are. And there's usually three or four that are quite consistent. There's your personal brand. But the trick is not to stop there. Okay, so now you know it and you're a bit more familiar with it. How do you use that and bring that into your everyday narrative? Mm. So an example of that might be when you're talking to a staff member or your team or your leader Dropping it in. It's obvious because I am quite strategic. Yes. And people have told me that. That's not my opinion of myself. That's actually a fact. That I will look at it this way. Start to remind people of who you are and what you are based on what they've told you. Mm. Nothing better than being in an interview. So, Raul, tell me about your strengths. So instead of Raul going, oh, well, I'm really good at storytelling uh, and I've got a lot of experience when it comes to presenting, Uh, I'm also a published author, Raul can say, thank you for asking about my strengths. I recently asked for feedback from people that 
know me very well, people I work with, and they said these four things. This is based on their feedback, their observations, their experience. All of a sudden it's not about an opinion. Yeah. It's about fact. Yeah. I um, Just when you were talking then it reminded me of the power of feedback and because I think I know what my brand is and I'm you know, pretty strong on it. I was in an audience once and I was watching a speaker and the, the, the speaker I knew quite well. So yeah. Kieran is, is, is a great mate and she was speaking and she was sort of talking about brand and I'm just in the audience and she went, for example, Gabrielle Dolan was like, hello, she starts talking about me. She says, now people buy Ralph for storytelling mm. but what they're really buying that she doesn't know they're buying and I'm sitting there going, what are they buying? What are they <laughs> buying? She goes, what they're buying is certainty. And I went, oh, and then and she went on to say, when someone brings, you know, you're bringing me in to do storytelling, and this was a while ago when storytelling probably yes, wasn't quite, wasn't a thing. you get certainty that someone knows that I'll deliver and I'll be reliable and the content will be good. And it was like, wow, I had never, ever thought about it that way. And then I spoke to a few people and they're going, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, and I was like, why didn't anyone tell me that? So I, I wouldn't say... I would have never have said certainty is part of my brand, but I know. I but what you just said then, and I don't think I'd say it, but I would go. Well, what many clients have said to me is what they get when they get me is certainty, and that's your brand. That's my brand. So, well, that's part of my brand. Part of, part of my brand. brand. It is very good. Mm. Okay, so what do you do specifically? To keep amplifying your personal brand so people know what they're buying, what they're getting. Yeah. So my so I do a similar thing. Yours yours sounds mine, – mine sounds very cheap and nasty compared to you. Yours, what you do with brand. But it's the same thing as get feedback. So what mm. – what, but I think it's also what do you want to be known for? Mm. So what I get people to do is go, if you – if you want chose five words that people would describe you, what mm. would they be? And so that's when people go, oh, strategic mm. or – or authentic or generous, right, whatever. And I always suggest that your brand should be future forward looking. Mm. So I, re- I reckon always look about two or three years ahead because we do evolve. Mm. I then get them to ask people, so mm. getting that Same and thing. to see if there's – so. and then sometimes you should – you should expect some overlap. Yeah. So agree. Saying this is your brand, it's not wishful thinking. You're not making mm. a wish list. So if you want to say I wanna be I wanna be known as collaborative and mm. no one says you're collaborative, mm. then That's aspirational. That's aspirational. Which that's it, it could be okay, but to me that's the stuff you've got to amplify. Mm. So if you say I wanna be known as authentic and everyone says authentic, it's almost like oh, right, I'm known for that. I, I keep chugging along with that. Mm. But when there's a gap I need to amplify mm. that. I need to find opportunities. So mm. I love what you were saying before. Like if you want to be known as strategic, it's just it can be not as simple. You have to be strategic. You like you've got to do it. Like this isn't you got to do it. But it's like when you can say, so um, I think we just need to be strategic here. So looking for opportunities to use the word yeah. in meetings your LinkedIn profile is mm. a great way like in your summary mm. to, you know, write um, – strategic thinker or whatever mm. or is known as authentic and generous. And then demonstrate whatever, that And regularly. demonstrate it. So it's it's not only the words you're using, the stories you're sharing, but looking for opportunities mm. to actually live and breathe it. Mm. I couldn't agree more. Because it is about authenticity. It is your personal brand. So it is who you are as a person. Yeah. I like the aspirational. So where do I want to be? Yeah. 
However, you still have to have an alignment to that. Uh, I remember years ago, I used to struggle with maths. I'm hopeless with numbers, absolutely hopeless with numbers. But I became so convinced I was hopeless with numbers, I'd tell as many people as I could that I was hopeless with numbers, which was actually not accurate. Mm. When it comes to budgets and understanding well, how to spend money. It because you were hopeless with numbers. No. <laughs> there you are. Thank you. But be careful about what we tell ourselves as well. Uh, but don't lean into something that is just unrealistic. You know, if, if, if your personal, you, you want your personal brand to be, you know, I want to be known as the uh, most, you know, commercial person that ever ran a business and you're struggling to get revenue in or find clients, uh, then either work on that in order to achieve it or recognise that's not your strength actually and hire somebody else to help you with that. So it very much has been true to yourself. Yeah. And I think your brain, you talk about strengths or values or mm. whatever. It's, yeah, you know, it's so similar. it's it's not, it's aspirational but not a wish list. Yeah. Um, and and then, then look for opportunities to share it. So, you know, I know for me one of my brands that I work with clients is I want to be easy to deal with. Mm. And so when sometimes decisions need to be made and you sort of go, oh, I could charge them a cancellation fee or mm. whatever. And you just go, you know what, just be easy to deal with. And just go, that's fine. We'll move on. So, Do you have a limit though? I mean, I'm just thinking with that specific. Yeah, look, no, I do, I do, I do have a the limit. You don't want to be. Cancelled on every two minutes. Yeah, but um, the reality is you want to be easy to deal with. And, and so, how often are the cancellations? Very rarely. Very rare. So Normally it's, it's no one's fault, yeah. you know, like an earthquake's happens. happened or something yeah. like that. So are we ready to do the final little tips? I think so. I, I think, think so. we are. So, I was going to say to you, I was going to ask you, what are the three quick well, things there you go. somebody listening in could do to take control of their personal yeah. brand? Well, I think it's a one we both spoke about is get feedback. So mm. ask other people. So you have an idea of what you want to be known for, but then you ask other people. And it could be simply as saying, how would you, you know, what, describe me. what how would you describe me? Yeah. What's five words you would use mm. to describe me? As simple as that. Um, that's one. Yeah. That's, I reckon, the first place to yep. go. Yep. The Agreed. second one is what we talked is look for opportunities. Yeah. And then use those opportunities, yeah? So if somebody has described you or has given you feedback around certain strengths, uh, then weave those into your daily narrative. Tell them to yourself. Become very familiar with them so that you are confidently leaning in to those strengths uh, because obviously it's a it's a self-fulfilling prophecy here. Yep. Uh, so I agree. I think yep. that's a good yep. one. And I think the final one is just it's it's this isn't it's not bullshit, right? It's got to be no. congruent. It's not saying I'm something yeah. and then I'm not. not, not doing so, um, you know, to me a personal brand is your authentic self and, yeah. yes, you can be strategic and, yes, you can amplify things you mm. need to but you have to be congruent and, you know, it's probably no surprise that, you know, we we think that's a really important one given we're talking about being real. Keeping being it real. real. Keeping it real, which, great name for a podcast. Oh, so you? if you liked what you heard, remember little five stars. We want part of our personal brand is we want to be known as the five-star podcast. <laughs> that was new. Oh, no, I like it. I like it. I like it. And also send in questions. Yeah, we, we've got a mailbag. Yes. Uh, and we're only able to answer one or two as we go, but we will try and respond to as many. Um, but, yeah, this this show is to help people. This is to give out advice and, and share with you what's worked for us. Yep. So let us know what's on your mind. We'll answer it. Um, as always, if you want to watch us, head to Spotify and YouTube and you'll just see us talking 
talking about brand, we've decided to wear black every time. So we are we're not men in black, we're bitches in black. Bitches in black. <laughs> I like it. I like it too. B&B, that I could like be oh it. God, that could Keeping be the name it real of the podcast. Keeping it real with the bitches in black, Jack and Rao. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of Keeping It Real with Jack and Rao. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to tell others about it and give a five-star review. They may seem confident, but they really are sensitive five-star needy souls. Yeah, right. Keeping It Real, created by Jack Phillips and Gabriel Dolan. Produced by Keelan Ferrari-Brown. And this really real voiceover, spoken by Richard Phillips.